From local to global, we bring you the best conversations with your favorite athletes and Olympians. This is the Olympics.com podcast. podcast. Welcome to the Olympics.com podcast. Tom here with our excellent podcast team about to jump into the pool. We're celebrating the 21st World Aquatics Championships in Doha, where many of the world's best swimmers, open water swimmers, artistic swimmers, divers, and water polo teams will chase gold, silver, and bronze at three inspiring venues across Doha. The Aspire Dome, the biggest aquatic sports complex in the world, where the swimming, water polo, and artistic swimming competition will be held. The Hamad Aquatic Center for Diving and the Old Doha Port, where the high diving and open water swimming will be staged. The field will include more than 2,600 athletes from more than 200 countries competing in 75 medal events across six aquatic sports, truly a festival for the world aquatics fans. Among the superstars in Doha, South Africa's 32-year-old world legend, Chad LeClaw. I was a brawler growing up. You know what I mean? I've always been a brawler in a swimming sense. That's just who I am. The more you hit me, the more I bleed, the, the harder I come at you, you know? Among his ridiculous accomplishments, well, he's a 16-time world champion and four-time Olympic medalist, including his coming out party, his golden moment, beating the unbeatable when Chad took down the USA's Michael Phelps in the 200-meter butterfly at London 2012. What a great finish this is going to be. Phelps, he has 14 gold medals to his career name in the Olympic Games. And with just 15 meters to go, he's being chased pretty hard to his right-hand side. Leclerc and Matsuda are making this an exceptional finish with five to go. Oh, this is a sensational finish down the front. But now, Chad Leclerc has his own gold medal story. Michael Phelps takes the silver. We'll chat with Chad more about that, about Doha, Paris 2024, and more coming right up. Other stars at Doha, the USA's artistic swimming world champion, Bill May. Defending high-diving world champion Konstantin Popovici from Romania. Captain of the reigning women's water polo world champion Sabrina Vandersloot of the Netherlands. Canada's Pan American Games gold medalist springboard diver Pamela Ware. And the USA's two-time world junior open water swimming champion Katie Grimes. And don't forget Team GB's diving phenom Tom Daly there as well. And this is yet another Paris 2024 Olympic qualifying event. As the winter winds down... And spring arrives, we here at Olympics.com are constantly creating original features and forwarding information to update and entertain you as we all move closer to Paris 2024. Olympics.com podcast. For more on this elite level event and so much more, we're honored to welcome in South Africa's all-time winningest Olympic athlete, Chad LeClaw. He's had to add a new wing to his trophy case. Four Olympic medals, including beating Michael Phelps for gold at London 2012. 12-time world champion short course, four-time world champion long course. I, I could go on and on, but we only have 30 minutes. Welcome, Chad, to the Olympics.com podcast. So happy to have you with us. Uh, thanks, Tom. Great to be a big, big honor for me. Thank you. Take us back to when you were, uh, you were just a little kid. Dream of becoming a superstar or a, a leader of other men in some way. What was going on in your head? You know what, it all really started for me in 2004 during the Athens Games. I was 11 years old uh, and I was watching, obviously, Michael Phelps, my hero, you know, win six golds, um, you know, attempting to beat Spitzer's record of seven. 
And, you know, at the time he was only 19. And I think at that, at that stage, I was, I was still too young to comprehend what he was actually trying to accomplish. But I knew right away that's exactly what I wanted to be, you know, exactly, exactly what he was doing. And uh, obviously highly motivated by what he did at those games. Um, you know, South Africa also won the gold medal for the football one freestyle relay, Ray Groland, Linden, and Darian. Uh, you know, we won, you know, it was a big shock for everyone. So that also propelled me to you know, further motivation. And I think uh, that's kind of where everything kick, kick started for me. You know, that's when the real hunger came into play, you know, right early on as, as 11 years old. And did you channel Phelps throughout the, your teens as you were training, working out, starting to race more? Was that uh, always in, in, in your work? <laughs> no, absolutely. Phelps was... Even to this day, you know, I still watch tape on him. He was someone that I studied extensively and, and you know, everything he did for the sport, you know, I mean, you know, love him or hate him, he, you know, he's, he's, he made our sport what it is, you know, in, in recent times, you know, obviously you have to give thanks to the other past legends, but in recent times, the last, you know, 25 years, he's the guy that's really carried us. And, you know, I think, um, I guess, yeah, in some respects, why a lot of people you know, why I have uh, the support from, from many people was because I beat him, you know, it wasn't because I just beat anybody else respect, <laughs> respectfully, you know, so yeah, I definitely gained a bit more following and a bit more fans and, uh, you know, got a bit more famous through him. So big thanks to Michael. Yeah. Let's talk Doha. Facilities, surroundings. Uh, it seems like it's a fun place to go and try to be your best. Absolutely. You know, I was then 10 years ago for the short course worlds uh, where I got some of the year uh, I got four golds. I won the three butterflies. First person ever to get the, the treble, and then also the two free back then. So it's a it's a lucky place for me. You know, in the World Cups, so I, I think I've only lost once or twice there, maybe. So my record there is pretty good. But uh, yeah, just obviously a stepping stone towards the the big show in July. Very very excited about Doha. You know, I've unfortunately missed a couple of champs through injury and sickness, and it's been a bit of a you know. Roller coaster the last two years, you could say two, three years actually. But um, we're back to full strength, full health, and uh, yeah, very excited for next week. Actually, very, very excited. So you've had so many levels of success. What motivates you heading to yet another Aquatics World Championship? You know, I was speaking to my dad earlier. I know this sounds crazy, but I swear, like two, three hours ago after practice, I called my dad, and we're just talking about the future. You know, you know, I'm going to be 32 coming up now in April, and obviously at that stage, most people are retired or you know just enjoying. At you know. 32? <laughs> yeah, on. I mean, like in three terms, you know, of course. Yeah, of no, course, I know, I know, terms. I know. <laughs> um, no, no, I know, but I just think that like, I have a lot more to give, you know, and I have, I have a lot more that I want to accomplish. And I think it's just down to the fact that like in South Africa, you know, we have so many great champions. Uh, you know, we've won the World Cup now, the Rugby World Cup last year. We've got Trickers to Pursuit, winning UFC gold last weekend. Um, you know, just, it's just a winning time for us at the moment. And I think, my motivation is just to be the best ever South Africa's ever had in all sports. You know, that, that's, that's, that's ultimately my goal. You know, I've done it now with the Olympics. Uh, you know, another, I think another medal or two would secure that. Um, you know, I've, I've got all the, you know, the accolades, you know, with the, the World Championships and the Commonwealth Games. But for me, I just want to go down as, as the best ever sportsman South Africa's ever had. That's truly my goal. Well, you brought it up. Uh, how inspired are you by the Springboks World Cup win and... Uh... Rikas Duplessis' world title in MMA. You mentioned it. Uh, it's nice to have your countrymen succeed. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's unbelievable, Tom. I tell you, I was there for for the for the World Cup win. Um, you know, the friends with a lot of the guys that play. I managed to get a ticket the morning of. You know, obviously because it's, it's it's packed out, and uh, you managed to squeeze me a ticket up there. Um, 
with the physio's uh, wife. So I was there with like some of the team, family of the the team. It was an unbelievable experience. One of the, the true, truly one of the greatest sporting moments I've been a part of. Um, Trickus is actually a good friend of mine. So I've followed his career for the last, you know, 13 years since he started out. So we've been friends for, for a while and, uh, yeah, I couldn't be more proud of that. That that felt like a that that felt really personal to me when you won that that UFC title, you know, because just to see what he's come through um, the last couple of years, you know, like five years ago he was in the KF KF something championships in Poland, and mm-hmm. no one ever knew his name, you know, and here he is, the world champion, you know, so it's it's unbelievable. You mentioned uh, the age, and you know, in in most worlds, thirty two, you know, you're just getting started, but I know that in the athletic realm, it's different. Uh, how does your age play into your overall quest, though? Uh, do you feel like an elder statesman? Um, <laughs> good question. I, I think not. You know, I think I'm very, very, I'm more intelligent now than I was years ago mm. in terms of the sports, not in terms of life, right? Just in terms <laughs> of something. I've definitely, I understand the game a lot better. For me, have you seen the movie Southpaw with Jake Janelle, the boxing movie? Besides the wife dying, that story kind of resonates with me a lot because I, I, I was a brawler growing up. You know what I mean? I've always been a brawler in a swimming sense. That's just who I am. The more you hit me, the more I bleed, the, the, the harder I come at you, you know? That's, that's, it's, it'll always be there in my heart. But I've had to learn in recent times to be finessed, to, you know, southpaw, changing the, the training a little bit, you know? And I think being here in Germany, I've just moved to Germany for about a year now, Dirk Lehner. Um, We've, we've changed a few things, but I think the biggest change has just been the mental shift in understanding my role and where I am in, in the sports. Because unfortunately, I can't keep putting my head against the wall with these 18, 19 year olds in practice. You know, <laughs> I try, trust me, I try and, and, and I succeed most of the time. But, you know, eventually, you know, like I said, I've been doing this for a long time, you know, so I have to understand which buttons to press at the right time. And I think that's my biggest learning. That's my biggest asset at the moment. You know, I believe that that's, that's one of my strongest weapons. But, um, yeah, I just I'm just hungry, man. I just I just wanna I just wanna race, man. <laughs> I just wanna race and guys. Look at that. Leave the Olympics, leave the world championships. The truth is I'm too proud, right? Mm-hmm. If I race you in any competition, I'm gonna try and beat you. You know what I'm trying to say? There's no such thing as oh, we're gonna see how we're doing. Yeah, brother, every race for me is not personal, but it's just kill or be killed. That's just how I've been. It's how I'm always gonna be. But you know, when it comes to the training side, I have to hold back a little sometimes. You could say, yeah. So you moved to Germany. Uh, can you tell us any changes you made, or you don't you don't want to give away secrets, or, or what what changes does a guy make who's basically done everything? No, no secrets. Uh, you know what? I, I'll be honest with you. I lost my way a little bit um, during COVID and straight after COVID. Sure. You know, I had a bit of ups and downs, like as people do in life. Um, made some mistakes with relationships, you could say, and, uh, and even before COVID. To be fair, I lost a lot of. I don't want to say prime years because I still feel like I'm going to be, be at my best in the summer. So I'm not going to use the word prime, but I lost a lot of time, wasted energy. Let's just put it that way. You know, and I feel like I'm in a good place right now, mentally, emotionally, physically, you know, am I the best I've ever been physically? Maybe. I believe I am, but you can assure me that my mind is absolutely bulletproof at the moment. And I believe that this is going to be a good year for me, me and my team, but not just about this year. You know, we have the world short course championships in Budapest. You know, I have a legacy short course I want to continue with. And, uh, you know, I don't want to forget uh, inspiring the youth. You know, I have a foundation back in South Africa. So I, I want to do a lot of good work for the communities, for the kids, for the underprivileged kids especially, you know. So I have a duty to society to fulfill that role, you know. So for me, it's not just about swimming. It's a hell of a lot more than that. And 
most importantly, also make my, my dad and my mom proud, you know? Of course. So what does success look like for you at Doha and then, and then Paris 2024? I imagine it's two different levels. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, you know what? It's, 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 it, we, we're very happy with where we're at. Um, I'm not too happy, not, not too sad, just content with everything that's happened, especially in the last two, three months. A success in Doha would be, uh, you know, making the final in the 100 freestyle. It's a new event that I'm going to be trying out. And I want to say top five for the 100 fly. I want to be in the mix, just like I was in 2011 before the London Olympics. Top five is kind of that aim. And just to be honest with you, I'm not a guy that really cares too much about times. I never have cared about times. Uh, but this, this is the only World Championships I'll be focusing on times and just trying to get myself into that contention. You know, so 50 point would be amazing right now in February, whatever, wherever that puts me. Of course, a medal would be unbelievable in Doha. I think that would be ahead of schedule. But uh, yeah, top five realistically would be unbelievable. Uh, of course, Paris, we're aiming for medals. No secret about that. A gold would be an absolute dream. You know, I think that would be a, you know, one of the best comeback stories ever. But baby steps, let's just get myself to the Doha. Let's get myself to the Olympic final and then we see what happens. Hey, you man mentioned the building toward Paris. And, and I think you what you've said is that, uh, you know, Paris... Is, is around the corner, what would a world championship do, if anything, toward Paris? I mean, like you said, top five is, is good. I guess the other is a cherry, maybe. Absolutely. I think right now, with because I've missed so much long course, you know, you could say since, since Olympics, really, I kind of, yo, it's been, a, it's been a while since I've actually been on the podium long course, you know what I mean? Well, the Commonwealth Games in 2022, which, 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 you know, in all respects were pretty much a disaster for me, getting just one silver in the two fly, <laughs> you know, um, but Really, haven't had great long course success in recent years. So, looking to change that. Um, my short course has been pretty good. You know, I was the world champion in 20, the end of 2022. So, yeah, we we have a few targets we want to hit, but it's really, really a stepping stone towards Paris. You know, and I know there won't be. Um, I think the defending world champs in all my events will not be there mm -hmm. in Doha. So, you know, I understand that. The, I'm not saying it's a watered down field by any stretch of the imagination, but I think you know there are going to be one or two guys missing, which which is what it is. But for me, it's more important about the times, you know, and I'm just focusing on uh, really getting better, um, you know, just making those adjustments, you know, just throughout the heats, the semis and the finals, just kind of also learning a little bit, you know, it's been a while since I've actually gone through the ranks mm -hmm. through heats, semis and finals at a world championship, you know, long course. I think short course, respectfully, uh, it's, it's a lot easier for me. You know what I mean? I can do it with one eye closed. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I'm just teasing. But uh, <laughs> yeah, long course, I'm going to have to keep my wits about me and... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for the challenge. Do you think you, uh, your experience, longevity, uh, gives you a certain mystique? Maybe a little like Djokovic, opponents always know when that guy, you're in the race? I hope so. I hope they think that. I, look, the one thing I can, I can tell you is, is, at the end of the day, the one thing you can say about me is, is I'm not afraid of nobody. You know what I mean? When I, when I get to that block, respectfully, when I race Phelps in his prime, I had so much respect for him. I love the guy, worship the guy but there was zero fear in my eyes. And that's never, ever changed for any championship. So when I step up in the block and it doesn't matter who's next to me, what they've achieved, I always believe that I'm able to get them, you know, whether I'm right or wrong, whether, whether they're beating me by two seconds is not the point. That's just the way my mindset is. So at the end of the day, it's going to be, we want to bring the pain at every opportunity possible. That's, that's my mindset. That's my, that's what I want to portray at every single championship. And uh, yeah, when, when Chad goes in the race, they must know it's a hard race. You know, whether it's for fifth or maybe we're fighting for fifth, it doesn't matter. I'm going to try to get fourth. You know what I mean? I'm not saying we, we, you know, it is what it is. So, yeah. Key to any elite athlete is your health. Uh, how are you feeling? Sounds like 
mentally and physically, you're in a really good place. Absolutely. Um, two components there. I believe that obviously health, there's a, there's a whole you know genre in health there. But I think, look, physical health, uh, you know, obviously very important. I think the last two years, you know, I've had a couple, unfortunately, just been really, really sick. You know, I had, had a couple of blood tests and, you know, turns out I got, you know, autoimmune and, and a whole bunch of different stuff, which which is what it is, you know. Sorry, I don't know why I'm getting a call here. Fine. Pardon me. Sorry, <laughs> uh, my dad. Um, but yeah, so I think for me, the physical has been really, really tough the last two years, you know, especially since COVID, you know, we've, we've, we've really struggled um, mentally, even more so probably you could say COVID was just a terrible time for me. Mm-hmm. So got myself back on track in the last year and a half, really, you know, got some, some help, you know, and uh, I believe I'll be the best version ever come July of, of Chad Leclerc. And that's, that's, that's all you can really hope for, you know, at the end of the day, you know, when you speak to, when I speak to young kids, you know, coming up to me and they ask me, you know, what's the key? What's the secret? I just say, look, guys, you got to enjoy it. You got to work hard, you know, the basic stuff. But at the end of the day, just your mind's got to be, you got to be there. You know what I mean? You, you can't be all over the show. You can't be focusing on the wrong things, focusing on, on, on negativity, you know, bad relationships, surrounding yourself with, with negative, negative things. You know, I think that, that, that really brings you down, you know, so just be in a positive environment, you know, be around people that want to see you succeed, you know, and, and at the end of the day, you can always find that happen. You know, you, you can always make that happen. Sorry. Um, you have your friends, your, your, your family, keep those people close, you know, and just remember the people that were there from the beginning. For sure. I imagine uh, as you've moved on in your career, and I love hearing you talk about giving back, but that exercise of giving back must really mean a lot to you. you must Sometimes those of us who give get back more than anybody would think. Absolutely. It's, it's the most important thing. You know, I think Obviously, with me being away from home for a long, long time, you know, I want to really implement some some massive changes in structures in South African swimming and, uh, you know, in, in the communities, especially, you know, we have one of the highest drowning rates in the world, you know, South Africa. Wow. And, uh, you know, that's just crazy, you know, and I think water safety is very, very important. So, you know, next weekend, so when the World Championship starts, I think it's the 10th, 11th, we have the Midmama, which is the biggest open water event in the world. Uh, it's been, been so for the last 35 years. With Wayne Ridden, um, you know, we've partnered up with them and we've 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 sponsored a couple of athletes. Um, a lot of people are swimming for my foundation to raise money for for the underprivileged kids. So I was very lucky to have done some work just before I headed over here. I think it was the end of end of December, just before Christmas, actually. Mm-hmm. Yes. Did some really awesome stuff. And yeah, I want to make sure that I implement those programs when I get home for a big, big block. You know, I don't want I don't want to just be like a guy that's ah, oh, he's doing this, he's doing this from from I want to make sure that I'm hands-on, you know. It's great. Lots of other swimmers, a lot of your contemporaries, Phelps, Dressel, Petey, have come forward sharing, you know, what they've gone through in the terms of in terms of mental health. How big of an issue is it in your sport, and and why do you think? Why is a difficult question, um, but evidence is there. I mean, we've we've all struggled. You know, I had a I had a really bad time. I've spoken about it many times, you know, th- throughout COVID, and and you know, just had a really difficult time. And couple couple things didn't go your way, and then you kind of just start questioning a lot of things and can't answer why i can only think of the fact that we're in the pool all day head under the water in like a dark <laughs> kind of lonely place i can only assume that 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 contributes to it you know i mean i was saying to my dad you know in south africa we have these things called load shedding right it's where the power goes out for a couple hours a day right it happens in south africa every day so we have schedules where for example three to five it would be no power in the area of wherever you are mm-hmm. so I always tell my dad, if it's in the evening and the lights go out, I, I hate being in the dark, you know, because I think 
for so long, you know, you're in that three or four, you know, you kind of had a lot of dark moments, you could call it, you know, and I think I just don't like being in the dark. So even if it's at like 9 p.m. to, to 11, I said, I'll take a drive on the beach. I'll go and go to the restaurant, go have a milkshake somewhere. You know what I mean? I'm not going to sit in the dark at the moment. It's just not, I just hate that part of it, you know? So I think I can't explain what, it, what, 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 what starts everything, but yeah, it's really interesting. I, I was watching uh, on the plane with, uh, I think it's called the weight of gold. Phelps was speaking about it and a couple other athletes. It's a, it's a very interesting documentary. And I think it touches a lot on mental health and why other athletes from other sports tumble into that, uh, notion, unfortunately. Well, the great thing about our age now, more and more, is it o- it's okay to talk about it, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, especially as like a South African man, you could say, you know, we <laughs> we pride ourselves of being strong men and, you know, frontline kind of guys. And you know, it's not a cool thing to talk about. Of course, I wasn't happy when I was going through it. And yeah, I think it's just being able to sit down and say, I'm not okay. That's the first step, you know? And I think we have to realize that, you know, I think once you realize that things are not going your way. And it doesn't mean that every little problem comes along. You got to go and say, oh, mental health, mental health. But like, mm-hmm. you know, when you're really dealing with issues and you really are struggling, it's, it's, it's really, there's no shame in it. You know, I mean, I, I spoke to my sports psychologist and he helped me, he helped me through so much, you know, and um, my dad was there for me and my family were there for me. But at the end of the day, you are the one that has to kind of speak it out yourself. It can't be pushed from anyone else. That's great. What's your key to finding quiet? Uh, you know, the presence, the calm and the as the competition storms approaching, I, I hear athletes everywhere talk about, you know, things slowing down when, you know, when things are tightest, uh, it, it, you're in that, uh, what is it, in the zone. Yeah, exactly. I think, look, we fly on on uh, Tuesday, so we're there for a couple of days before. I'm very relaxed right now. I think it's, you know, just, just trying to really do the basics. There's nothing, there's nothing more to it, you know. I mean, tonight I got a little easy practice, three and a half K. Tomorrow, we're going to do a couple of stand-ups, you know, 50-50 off the block, uh, two rounds like that. So, you know, just really staying sharp and just making sure that we, you know, I think for me, just touching the speed is quite important now, you know, especially with more of a focus on the 100 fly. Right. Um, I just, I really want to touch that, that stroke rates, that speed, uh, the stroke count, especially that first 50. Yeah, that, that's really the key for me, just staying, staying controlled. Because for me, especially what I find is with the sprints, I, I tend to try, over try sometimes, especially in that, that 100 freestyle. And it's such a, yo, that line is so close to, to crossing, mm. you know, that first, yeah. even 20, 30 meters, you know what I mean? If you're all in and head down and you're spinning 58 tempo, I just, <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you're dying that last 25, you know? So you just have to make sure that you, you're swimming the correct way. You know, I think trenders was always a lot easier for me because you could always muscle it and fight, you know, and grind it out the last 50, you know, if you were, if you made a mistake, but in the hundred, I feel like if you spin your wheels early, you're under big pressure, especially against these big boys. So what do you do outside of swimming to, you know, chill out or find balance? You know what? I play a lot of PlayStation and I'm here in Germany, you know, <laughs> okay. it's a bit different to South Africa. The weather's very cold and, yep. you know, it's very dark and it's, you know, you could say a bit miserable sometimes here, yeah, but yeah, look, I have a couple of friends, which I hang out with, uh, but yeah, the main focus this year has obviously just been training and just re- focusing on my recovery and you know, weekends are for me to do what I want to do, you know, so a guy for dinner, we'll have a good time, I guess, but nothing, nothing crazy like in the past, you know, I think I've definitely calmed down a bit and, uh, yeah, I just, you know what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm content with, with just being, being still, you know what I mean? Just being still relaxing at home. I'm, I'm okay with that, you know, right now. And I think that's the stage I'm at and yeah, it's better to be at home than being on the clubs right now, you know? So yeah, <laughs> for sure. Now, handling pressure is often the difference between the best and the very good that are chasing you. How has your handling pressure evolved 
over your career? I imagine when you were younger, just get me in the water, I'm, you know, and now it's a little different. Yeah. Do, do I know something crazy, Tom? It's like, it's crazy, right? But I'll be curious to hear what Phelps and, uh, you know, Lockie and all these other guys speak about this, but the pressure has increased significantly since I was younger. Because when I was younger, I was so green, you know, I didn't understand anything. I didn't understand life. All I knew was to swim into race. You know, that, that's what I was in essence. I still am that person. But I think when you realize the responsibilities of life and kind of what's on the line, financial pressures from that side, you know, you got your reputation to handle from the one side, the ego. Mm. There's a lot of things that, uh, that can really bring you down. So I think at the end of the day, I'm trying to revert back to that old, you know, I, I don't like to say old way of thinking, but just the, the mindset of just enjoying the process of racing. That, that's really what it is. You know, like at the end of the day, I'm there to win. I'm there to try to be the best that I can. That's that's really what motivates me. It's not necessarily the actual swimming and the love for the sports because I do love the sport, but I love winning a hell of a lot more than I love the sports. And that's just me being totally honest. And some people might say, oh, well, that's not the right way to look at it, but that's just the truth. I can't help that. That's the way I feel. So I love the the mode of competition. I, I feel like I'm a gladiator when I'm out there. You know, that's, that's truly what I believe. I am, you know, I see myself as that. So I love that whole process. You know, I think it's just... It's just amazing. It's fascinating. You know, when I get in there and I just, uh, just it's amazing. See these big guys, got dress, we've got Millac, we've got, we've got the boys. It's, it feels amazing. I'm like, dude, if you want to go, we can throw it down now if you want. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just I get excited about that opportunity, you know? And, um, you know, the bigger the stage, the more excited it is. But, yeah, I have to definitely, I'm not going to pretend I don't get nervous. I definitely do. Of course, I still get nervous. I'll be nervous next week. Absolutely. Especially for that first race, you know? But uh, I, I tend to get a little more nervous for heats and semis than I do for finals. You know, finals are, I become a bit more cold, a bit more calculated, a bit more, you know, snapperish, let's call it. <laughs> Your rivalry with Michael Phelps, uh, you remember, you, you beat the unbeatable. You even said it. How, how did you create an extra spark, uh, maybe stirring the pot a bit to get into his head? I know you've talked about this, but as you have some time to reflect on it now. Look, Phelps and I have a, have a very interesting history. I think for me, I've said it many times, I've never ever hated Phelps. I've never, you know, so we had a rivalry and maybe 2016 boiled over to, you know, the media maybe painted a picture that wasn't necessarily true. Man, I still, I told you, I still watch videos of the guy. You know what I mean? I don't hate the guy. Was there a professional rivalry and a bit of tension heading into 2016? Absolutely. You know, was it my fault or Sid's fault? Who really cares? You know, it, it happened. For me, I just looked up to the guy going into London, but I wanted to beat him. It was very simple. I, I had a mindset that as a kid, I always believed. I mean, I told my dad, in 2008, I said, even before I made the Olympics, I said, that's, that's, that's the race I can get him to fly, you know, because I, I just thought it was the toughest guy wins. You know what I mean? If I could just, if I could just train so hard and just be so resilient, you know what I mean? I could, I could get him, you know, I have the skills and train my daughters, just to copy what he did, right? Beat him in his own game. That, that's all we did really for four years. That's all I focused on, you know, and, and uh, you know, was there elements of luck and a bit of good fortune? Absolutely. You also had good fortune, you know, yeah. when he won his eight gold medals, you know what I mean? So there was this good fortune all over. But the truth was I visualized that race and that moment for, for many, many, many times, hundreds of times. Honestly, I, I, can't, I can't tell you how many times I'd, I, I'd, I'd be just like sitting in the bus and I'd just be thinking about how I can race Phelps and, you know, as, as a 17, 18, 19-year-old kid. You know, that's all I was. And I think ultimately, if Phelps, you know, if she was listening to this, it's, it's, it's actually the ultimate respect Absolutely. You know, to share that. You know what I mean? If, if someone spoke about me like that, I, I would... I would love that, you know, if someone, you know, said I was coming out to slay him, coming out to beat him. And I think, I don't know, sometimes I believe the American media took a completely other context and blew it up and painted me as the villain. And, you know, I guess that was cool. I guess sold tickets or whatever you want to call it. But <laughs> at the end of the day, 
when it comes to racing and it comes to anybody, there's no personal, nothing is personal for me. You know, sports is not personal for me. Insult my family, insult my friends, then it becomes personal. Then we can, you know, things are different. But in the battlefield and the sporting battlefield, there's nothing personal. I take, I take nothing personal. Right. Well, the bottom line is why I love sports. Like, he made you better. He did. He absolutely did. He, um, yeah, he, I mean, sure, without Phelps, yeah, never... I would never have achieved it. I wouldn't be sweet butterfly if it for Fox. You know I mean, I'd be chasing the two breaststroke and probably coming seventh the eighth <laughs> to Daniel Goethe in twenty twelve. You know, so like, yeah, it was just purely, it was just purely chasing a, you know, just chasing, chasing a legend. That's that's really what it was for me. So yeah. Speaking of London twenty twelve, your performance not only raised your profile, but uh, your dad Bert's as well. <laughs> Give us, take us inside that uh, Kardashian level celebrity. Oh, and he, he, he ate it up, didn't he? <laughs> he loves saying that, eh? He goes, ah, and Kim Kardashian of South Africa, famous for being famous. <laughs> loves to say that. It was, it was strange, you know, because again, I, I wasn't expected. I didn't expect any of it, you know. I, I, touching that wall by 500, I didn't realize how much my life would change and how much my dad's life would change. You know, I think always before major champs, I'm always off kind of social, off my phone. No one has my number 10 days before. So I had no idea what was actually happening. You know what I mean? Only after the 100 fly, when I got out there and we're walking out the village and people were taking pictures of my dad, I'm like, hey, what's going on? And they're like, oh, I forgot to tell you, dad's very famous here in the UK, you know? Bird from the telly, bird from the telly, the cookie monster. You know what I mean? So it became uh, it became unbelievable, really, uh, the level of fame that my dad had. And, you know, there's a, if you go on YouTube and you type in Bert Leclerc, unbelievable, and then singing is a super sport, which is the biggest uh, broadcaster of sports in Africa. They, they did a commercial of my dad, 2012 going into 2013. Have, have a little look. It's like 57 seconds. It's a, I will. It's a video of, uh, of my dad. Well, it was on TV. I've played thousands of times. Him singing into the new year, happy new year from 2012 to 2013. I mean, that's how popular he was. I mean, they got this guy, this father to come in and sing this. Uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Honestly. That had to be a level of pride for you that, you, you know, you did that for him. That's incredible. Absolutely. No, I look, I'm very proud of my family. For me, whenever anyone on my team wins, you know, in any walk of life, I win. Right. You know what I mean? And that's the mentality I've always had. And the same with my teammates, the same with my Springboks, the same with Trickers. They're all my team. You know what I mean? They're my countrymen. And, and I thrive on that energy. And I believe that uh, that's the way uh, people need to be. You know, I feel like a lot of people are jealous and negative and, just create bad vibes around other people's success. So if you just take inspiration from it, you can also rise and gain energy from that, if you know what I'm trying to say. For sure. So what's key to your diet? You know, uh, Bruno Fratis' uh, success going full carnivore. Yeah. What works for you? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good. I think, you know what, it's always been, it's been so simple for a long time. I mean, I have nutritionists, which I consult with. Uh, yeah, I think the thing is for me, I've just always been really, really good at like, eating steak every day for, for lunch, steak and salad, steak, pasta, salad, steak, rice, you know, boiled potatoes, whatever, whatever it is. But I think steak has been a, you know, key to my, my success, I'd say. And um, yeah, I've started to have a, bit, a lot of, you know, lean chicken now and, you know, my dad's a very good cook. So he's kind of taught me a few recipes. You know, I'd like to try and make a curry once every two weeks, you know, just because, you know, we're Russian and my dad makes curry and, but yeah, I just, you know, I, I like to have a lot of steak and I just feel powerful from that and, yeah, obviously it's good to keep your greens and, you know, just maintain, you know, just maintain the, it's just maintain the basics, really. It's the same as swimming, just really maintain the basics and no massive secrets here, you know what I mean? Uh, your brother, part of the MMA world, how has his rise changed your relationship with him? Well, it's changed a lot because I can't, 
talk so much crap soon because you'll beat me up. I was thinking <laughs> that you have much more respect for him. <laughs> exactly. I don't want to be careful when I say that. Um, <laughs> no, look, it's been amazing. He's uh, he's doing very, very well. He's in Texas uh, now for a couple of months. You know, he's coming up on, uh, it'll be a year soon, actually. Uh, yeah, it'll be a year and a couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, he's you know, obviously African national champion for a long time now, but he's, he's trying to qualify for the world championships and, you know, have, uh, have a crack at the world title. That'll be some story, yeah? Two world champions in the family, two brothers. It'll be pretty, pretty awesome. I mean, I'd be, I'd be happy to if you won, and if I won. Honestly, like that would make me the most happy person ever. Like my brother's, yeah, my brother's the best. He's the best person ever. Said like a, a true good brother. Uh, you know, I hear this in your voice. I hear you gushing about rugby and MMA. Is there some of that in you somewhere in another life? <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure, man. I didn't, I didn't choose something. Eh? Like somebody chose me. Honestly, like my dad is a. Uh, I'm the first swimmer in the family and trust me, like my family is the furthest, it's the furthest swimming family in the history. Like we come from soccer, we come from fighting, we come from, you know, all walks, but, but swimming, you know what I mean? And, and I love swimming, don't get me wrong, but I had to educate my family on swimming. I mean, my, my family still to this day, we have the, the close supporters group, which has got like 150 people in the WhatsApp group. And, you know, we always, every competition I saw, even the, you know, the, the smaller ones or the Marinos or whatever, tried swimming at 7.20. They don't want to watch anyone else but me. They don't understand anything. Whether I win any race or I lose one race, if, if I break the world record, like I did in 2018 to set it, mm-hmm. I was beaten 148.3 and you in 148.29. And we both broke the world record. It was for me one of the best swims ever. You know, I got beat by the better man. Congrats to him. Literally, my family were like, oh, I know what happened. Is you okay? Did he burn out? Did he go out too hard? What happened? What's wrong with the coach? Damn it, man. They, they don't understand. You know what I mean? So, you know, and then they see me win like a, you know, smaller championship, whatever, somewhere along the line. They're like, ah, oh, champ, the king, you know? So my family, uh, they're just very proud. And that's, that, that's the bottom line. I mean, yeah, obviously my mom, my dad, my brother, my brothers and sister, they understand it probably a bit more than everyone else. But I mean, we like 150, 200 strong just in South Africa. That's cool. You got your own posse. Yeah. So, you know, we, we all have relationships in life. You've talked of your family and friends, but your relationship with water, I mean, it must be love-hate sometimes. You're in it all the time, and yet it's been been right with you in the greatest moments. Absolutely. Look, uh, I'm forever grateful for my sport, number one. Without swimming, you know, I don't know what I would be, you know. I would try to be playing football for Man United, but I think I don't know if that would have worked out. But <laughs> I'm forever grateful for the sport, what it's given me. The opportunities it's given me to 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 be around the world, to meet so many amazing people, to be a, a world champion, to be an Olympic champion, you know, I, I've already accomplished all my dreams and more um, as a kid. But like you said, there's definitely a love hate relationship. I believe uh, as a, <laughs> you know, that Monday morning practice. Oh man, you can jump in. It's pretty cold. It's oh, it's horrible. You know, it doesn't matter where in the world you are. At that Monday morning practice is the worst practice of the week for me. You know, so yeah. Look at the end of the day. Um, yeah, I've had a lot of ups and downs in the sports. And I think as long as you, you know, it's the, I saw it recently where if you're good one in four times, you know what I mean? If you have a bad session every fifth, fourth or fifth session, it's nothing wrong with that. You know, I think that's, that's the important thing to remember. It's about the consistency block over a period of time rather than having a bad day or a bad two days or a bad three days rather than a, you know, a block of weeks, months, years. That's more important for me, I believe. And like for the, for most of the world, like going to the beach, going to the pool. Ah, it's cool for you. Maybe not so much. <laughs> Never, man. You know, it's so strange because I used to surf quite a lot, but that, that's that's cut down a lot in recent years. But like my friends, if we like in the summertime, it's like 35 degrees Celsius. Everyone's at the pool and everyone's having a good time. You'll never see me in the pool ever. Like unless it's a jacuzzi <laughs> or like a sauna, I'm not going in a cold pool 
ever. People are like, oh, it's amazing. I'm like, no, no, it's cool. That's my job. That's me working. That's like you in the office doing accounting. That's what I'm doing. I'm chilling. I'm happy. I'm happy here. Happy by the barbecue, but with the bra making a little things. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely different, you know? <laughs> That's funny. All right. You're in for Paris 2024. And you know, I'm going to have to ask you, uh, you look ahead to LA 2028, you'll be 36 age. Really, if you're in shape and you care about it mentally and you're good, that really doesn't matter. Is it on your radar? 100%. I told you, I spoke to my dad three hours ago. Yeah, I heard that. LA. Spoke about LA, man. I'm telling you, people don't believe me. They think I'm, they think I'm choking when I say this, but I'll give you a quick little five, six year plan from you. I, I believe let's start with, let's, let's leave this Olympics, right? Let's just, let's just leave the Olympics. We, we know what we want to do at the Olympics. I've said that, but I'm going to go and swim the World Cups, try to win another World Cup series, you know, be the first guy to win five. Short course, like I said, is a huge part of my legacy. I only need three more medals and I take, I overtake Ryan Lochte as the best short course swimmer ever and the World Championships individually, of, of course, mm -hmm. you know, I can't compete with the medals of, you know, the Americans and Australians. But individually, three more medals, whether that happens this year in Budapest or in two years' time, that's going to happen. You know what I mean? That's a huge driving factor for me. I want to go down as the best short course swimmer in history. I believe that I am already. Uh, I've always thought that I was, respectfully, when I say this. But look, Phelps will go down as the best long course swimmer ever. I believe I'm the best short course swimmer ever. So we still have five, six, seven years of short course swimming left, absolutely. And 2028, I want to go to five Olympics too. That's a big, big, big possibility. And, and as long as I keep my body healthy, my mind sharp, this is what I do, right? I'm not, gonna, I'm not retiring after this. You know, I mean, people always talk about uh, what's next. Yes, I have plans that I want to do in terms of business and in terms of strategies for that. But in terms of my passion, my passion is going to be the another Olympic Games. I mean, I love this. This is like, who wouldn't want to be going to five Olympic Games? I mean, whether I medal or not, whether I don't make the final or not, I mean, if I go there and I'm just, it'd be unbelievable. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're really well. Well, you know, as you said, as long as physically and mentally you're good to go. I mean, look at LeBron, look at Tom Brady in American football. These guys have pushed the envelope. Absolutely. Crazy. Of course, of course, of course. And like you said, Djokovic earlier, you know, yep. I was watching a thing about him. I mean, just absolutely. Look, I, and I believe, look, trust me, I believe I'll be a competitor there as well. Don't, 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 don't you worry. I'm not, I'm not going there to try and not make the semis, but you know, whatever event that will be, 53 maybe, I don't know, 100 fly. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll be in the mix again. Don't worry. We'll be in the mix. Look forward to that. Uh, my last thought for you is, you know, you, you are so many things to so many people and you've, you've accomplished so much and I don't mind your bravado because, you know, it ain't bragging if you can do it. That's a saying I've heard in the U S uh, <laughs> but who is, who is, who is Chad LeClaw? And like maybe in the eyes of your parents, that little kid that's grown up and exceeded everything they could have ever dreamed. You know, it's a tough question to answer for me to actually answer that. But I think what my parents would say is I was just a, I was just a kid that, that loved to play sports, you know? After, after swing practice, when I was 13 or 14, I'd be home kicking the soccer ball for two hours. You know, I'd be playing touch rugby with my friends every weekend. I was always outdoors. I was playing, I was swimming, I was playing water polo. I was playing a bit of tennis in the yard. You know, I, I loved being outside. I, I loved being physical. I loved, I loved the, the identity of what sports was. It, it, it means everything to me, you know? Like, even when I'm playing PlayStation, I'm playing FIFA and I'm pretending that I'm the manager of Man United and I'm editing the game and I'm just like, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to, you know what I mean? That, that's forever in me, you know? So I think as a kid, all, all I've grown up to be is just a more mature version. Well, actually not, not, not too much more mature version, <laughs> but uh, yeah, just, just hungry, hungry for success, hungry to be the best that I can be. And uh, yeah, I just, I just want to make my family proud. I want to make my, my, my team proud. I want to make my country proud. Um, 
And I, I do want to inspire. I said earlier, I know I'm repeating myself, but I, I want to be a positive role model in society. And I think that's something that will be forever remembered, hopefully, in the sport of swimming. You know, as, as Chad Claude being one of the, you know, hopefully one of the great, one of the great swimmers uh, in the world, but just being a good guy, you know, being a good guy to the kids. And, 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 you know, if someone can say in 10 years' time that they made the Olympics or they went to the Olympics or they became the captain of their high school team, whatever, whatever it was, because of me, I mean, that, that's all you want at the end of the day, you know? For sure. So, yeah. Well, mission accomplished on that front. Uh, well, this was so much fun for me. Uh, again, I, I'm lucky to be able to talk to so many of you guys, but uh, what a blast. We really appreciate you joining us on this Olympics.com podcast. Good luck in Doha and Paris and hell, LA 2028, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate that. Okay. And, uh, okay. Yeah. Thanks for your support, guys. See you soon. Stay well. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate it, Tom. Have a good great day. Thanks, sir. Thanks, buddy. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. This is the Olympics.com podcast. podcast. Always a treat to spend time with Chad LeClaw. Follow him at the Aquatics World Championships in Doha, later at Paris 2024, and then, you heard him, LA 2028. So much more about swimming available across our platforms. Original content like 72, a gathering of champions becoming an Olympic legend. 50 years after his famous tally of seven Olympic gold medals and seven world records, Legendary swimmer Mark Spitz makes an emotional return to Munich Olympic Park and playing fields. Aya, the first female swimmer to represent Gabon at the Olympics. That's it for this episode of the Olympics.com podcast. Hit us up at Olympics with any feedback you have. We love feedback. It helps us to get better. You can also hit me up on my Twitter at TK Sports Tweets. Thanks for being a part of the Olympic community and follow the road to Paris 2024 Olympic qualifying process here as well. We'll see you next time. For more in-depth and original Olympics-related feature content, search our platforms here on Olympics.com. 